Hello, my name is Jerry Gan, the CEO and uh, of Valiant Inc. and also the investor of Image Tracker. And I'm looking to meet all of you guys at Cross Border Matchmaker 2017. I will see you there. Welcome to the Global from Asia podcast, where the daunting process of running an international business is broken down into straight up actionable advice. And now, your host, Michael Michelini. Okay, everybody. What episode number is it, Angelica? It's episode 197. All right. Of our interview series, you know, we. Like uh, my friend Neil, we met up before he we went to Singapore here in Shenzhen, and he's uh, he's advising us to put numbers in front of the show so we know which one's the Gladiator series and which one is the interview series. Um, okay. But yeah, actually, we just had twelve shows, twelfth episode of the Gladiator go online um, today while we're recording this, and nice. so it's actually technically over two hundred. Plus, there's. China Business Cast podcast, and uh, there's actually been a Forbes. I, I did a podcast for Forbes China, so maybe way more than probably actually f- over a few hundred, actually. But for this interview series, almost 200 shows. And you've been learning a lot about transportation in South China, right? Yes, <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> people are asking you on WeChat how to travel from Hong Kong to Guangzhou and Shenzhen. So we're Trying to help people out with the bus or trans- transportation service. It's, a, it's it's always an experiment. So Yes, it is. <laughs> yeah, cantonfairbus.com. And the Canton Fair is always a crazy time here in in uh, in South China. So got a lot of meetups, a lot of events happening. So it's going to be pretty intense. But I am going to Thailand. I don't know if I told you that. Angelica, I'll be in Thailand for this week when the show goes online. It's one of okay. uh, Dynamite Circle has a conference. So it's uh, always inspired me. Inspired this podcast, actually. So I got to cool. gotta go represent and and uh, see what's up with the digital nomads. I don't think I'm a digital nomad anymore. I got the kids. And I'm just digital nomad between Shenzhen and Hong Kong. But... How about uh, this week's member series? Who do we got up from your interviews? Yeah, we have um, Helena for this week. She's actually our one of our chapter organizers. So um, the blog went up uh, this Wednesday or last Wednesday. So I hope they can check that out. And yeah, there's a couple more of members lined up for our member series. So I hope there's... Um, more members and hopefully they can join their um, VIP uh, Global from Asia. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, you've been doing a great job. So, yeah, I mean, people, I like reading the stories. I, I always check them out too. I even learned some new stuff about some of our members and uh, and uh, it's great. So, we'll link it up on the show notes. And now for this week's show, actually, there's so many amazing, amazing interviews we have for you guys mm-hmm. to listen to. It's hard for us to decide which one, but this one I kind of moved up on the uh, on the list because uh, it's a pretty interesting one. We have Jerry again. He's the f- CEO founder of Value Link, one of the biggest Amazon sellers in China. He's also the owner of AMZ Tracker software, and mm-hmm. he uh, 
he's got a pretty successful business that's gone through quite a bit. Uh, so I visited him. Actually, this is also going to be a video on a video series, but audio is still easier for me. So we took the, <laughs> we took the audio right away and, uh, are using that to get out there, but we will have a video version of this as well. And, uh, it's amazing. We learned about Jerry's story. He started selling in the U.S., came back to China. He's gotten into software and tools and, uh, and he's got lots of interesting things to share. He'll also be at our cross-border matchmaker on Friday, October 27th in Huachan Bay, Shenzhen, China. So it's going to be an amazing event and he's excited about it to meet some people, uh, international sellers and international business owners. Mm-hmm. Um, that want to do some business with, with China. He's also talked about some interesting things he's got lined up for next year and maybe Global From Asia might even work with him. We're still discussing. So it's lots of exciting stuff to t- on this interview. And mm. I highly recommend you guys listen in. It's a, it's one of many to come of the Chinese side of e-commerce uh, and export. So let's listen in. Okay. Today's podcast is brought to you by Aurelia Pay. I use them personally for sending money to my Chinese suppliers from Hong Kong. It's a cross-border payment solution between China, Hong Kong, and Southeast Asia. So when I need to make a payment to a Chinese supplier, I just hop online to place the remittance, pay to the Aurelia Pay's Hong Kong-based bank account, and Aurelia Pay will settle RMB within the same business day. So check them out online at www.aureliapay.com, A-U-R-E-L-I-A-P-A-Y.com, or check them out linked in our show notes. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to another Global From Asia cross-border e-commerce series. We are here with my friend, Jerry Gan, CEO and founder of ValueLink. Thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you for the opportunity. Yeah, yeah. it's great. I'm yeah. excited for today's talk. So you, um, would you like to introduce uh, yourself to, uh, to everyone? Hi, um, my name is Jerry Gan. I'm the founder of and the CEO of ValueLink. I started a business about uh, 11 years ago from uh, a very strange place uh, in the U.S., which is Albuquerque of New Mexico. <laughs> so, it's very interesting. And then we moved the business back to China in 2008. And then uh, we gradually developed into the today's status. Yeah, yeah which is uh, quite a big status. You're, I think, one of the top sellers on Amazon and, and you have a great portfolio of, of, uh, of services, uh, Amazon trackers, one AMZ tracker and, yeah. and Vipod and other great, great things here in your studio. And we'll, we'll do a tour after too. So how, how did it start in Albuquerque? I actually, I have a, he's not really an uncle, but he's like a, he's like a friend, a very close friend of my father. He was from New Mexico. From there, yeah. It's such a, it's a very beautiful place yeah, very, they have this the desert and, desert and yeah, train and the, i think of trains the spanish kind of uh buildings and yeah. Uh, yeah it's very interesting yeah um basically it was very long ago it's a really good story awesome um i haven't got much experience to share with other people but uh, i really appreciate um that kind of experience um when i was back in school in college i was i went to peking university um, studying English literature uh, back in 2000 and to 2000 till 2004 okay. for undergraduate. And I stayed in the school for graduate for linguistic studies. Awesome. So I was, um, because I was tr- looking for 
part-time jobs. And I found a part-time job being an interpreter for some foreign investors who tried to invest in China. Ah, I see. So I was the investor for, I was the interpreter for three days. Wow, that could yeah, have been interesting. Not the investor, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> the interpreter for three days. So um, the second day, I, I was, they were negotiating with the lawyers about how to bring the business public before they even first started the business. Okay. So that was, I was very impressed. I was, I didn't think like you could plan for a business to make it public before you even have the business. Yeah. So that was very interesting out of my mind, totally out of the mind for that moment. So I was very interested. And then um, my friend, he, uh, the investor, he was my friend now. He's a very good friend of mine still now. His name is Vince. So, so he asked me it, during a break, he he asked me, why do you want to be an interpreter? And what do you want to do? I told him, I want to do what you do. I was an interpreter because I want to make some um, income for my part-time efforts. So I so said, okay, you could come to the U.S. and I, could, I can teach you how to do business. Nice. So I, during, so I prepared my visa and visited Albuquerque and spent three months there with him, helping him making development, uh, like a lot of jobs for research and investment research, um, project management and stuff. Nice. So when I was in the, in the U.S., I said, okay, because he was building a lot of condos. So I said, okay, I, maybe I can buy these supplies from you, for you from China to save you money. And we can probably also sell those products in the U.S. because everything was like six, seven times more expensive sure. uh, back then, yep. the price compared with China. So I was saying, okay, we can start that. So I said, okay, we can do it. So he gave me some, so we started the business. And then gradually, the business does, did not uh, move on because there was a few partners and they didn't get along very well with different ideas. So the business, basically, the, the investors start, st- stopped investing. So I said, okay, maybe I will move on with the business. So that's how I started business from Albuquerque nice. when I was 24. That's very yeah. exciting, exciting. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, uh, I've, I've also talked to other uh, Chinese friends. They, yeah. they, they go to U.S. and they don't, I don't know, they think it's great and they don't enjoy, enjoy it as much or they miss home or they, I remember some friends, they miss the rice or the Chinese food or the I, real. I did as well, <laughs> yeah. but now I miss Spanish food now. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, cool, cool. <laughs> yeah. And and so you were selling, so you were doing it while you were in America. And then what was the, the I know you were also, uh, I mean, we've talked a few times before yeah. this interview. So I know you, you even say it was challenging as a Chinese in America to, to buy or to, to coordinate with suppliers in China. I, like I, was, the time I found it even and, uh, challenging for me. Yeah. Even I have, even after... Many years, even I have employees. I have 150 people yep. in China, but in, I spent another two years, uh, in, in the West. I spent 2012 t- till 2014. I was in, uh, San Jose of California oh, okay. and also Berlin of Germany. So when I was in San Jose, I found it like, if I need to, I found, okay, we maybe we could move this product and sell them on Amazon in the U.S. But with the time zone difference, it's very 
challenging to collaborate with my employees, even in China, mm-hmm. uh, because the time difference and the communication, the inability or the to communicate face to face. So uh, even you could communicate with Skype, but it's still very difficult. You have yeah. to you have to set up an appointment, for example. Otherwise, you have to wait. Exactly. So another day is missed. It's very challenging. Yeah, I, I felt similar when I was in America trying to source from yeah. from uh, China. So it's, it's it's it's. I just want to highlight that even yeah. even you as Chinese in America was was challenging. Even you have regular connections. Even you have people who are you pay them to do yeah. that for you. It's still challenging. It's yeah. true. So yeah. it was. Was that the tipping point, or what was it that had you come back to China? So we, um, so we, we because we need to source products from China. So, so we started to uh, build the team from China. While we we have a small team in the US, mm-hmm. yeah. So naturally, I have connections in China. I have friends in China, so we have them to work for us. So, okay. Yeah. Even though I have been living in the US, so. You know, everything costs more in the U.S. Mm-hmm. back then, particularly. True. Yeah. True. Well, yeah, it's true. China has been getting more expensive in, yeah. in, in the last few years. But, yeah. Which, uh, so how, as you develop the business, I mean, how did you decide your, to grow, as you've grown, how did you decide which opportunities or which products or services to grow into? So uh, back in 2006 and seven, we started on eBay. Mm-hmm. So we have been selling a lot of products on eBay. And the, like the top selling year, we sell $40 million in one year on wow. eBay. Nice. So, but as everybody coming onto eBay is getting very competitive. So, um, so we decided to move and then we, we started, okay, maybe we should so our own private label brands on Amazon. So starting from 2013, we started that. Okay. So now most of the business right now, Amazon is private label. Yeah. Um, we try to build the brand up Great. so to be more sustainable. So, but we, uh, I have always been thinking like, what is the next? So because Amazon is trying to open the market to everyone. And I, I found like I, there's nothing I could stop Amazon getting more sellers more vendors to Amazon. So I think maybe we should move on to help those sellers if we can't stop them, right? There's nothing we can stop. Nobody, nobody can stop them because true. Jeff Bezos wanted yeah, it. Right? Yeah, true, we yeah. can't. So, so we thought, okay, maybe we can help them instead. So because we have a lot of experience, we are we started selling on Amazon 2008. So mm-hmm. we are one of the very early uh, sellers there so we know what the challenges are um, so we started like think about that and then in 2014 early 2015 we raised our first round of 10 million dollars so we say okay so uh, if we need to grow the business so we we might need to innovate so we have been thinking about maybe we should provide service to Amazon sellers so we we spent time to say okay what kind of service we should build so we say, okay, maybe we should build a platform for marketing for Amazon sellers because we're in China. Sure. And uh, one of the very challenging things for Chinese sellers is to market, to, to do marketing. And um, and we, if we do logistics, then there's a lot of people who can do it. But for marketing, there's much fewer. It's true. And who also understands Amazon sellers because there are a lot of people who knows about marketing but they don't, they have never done Amazon selling. 
So we thought, okay, maybe we should, maybe we should do that. And then we, we start researching all the different marketing platforms. And then we found Empty Tracker, which was very, uh, which is a very, very amazing tool built by Travis. Yes. yes. So I reached, the, I sent an email to, to, to one of his, uh, team, okay. team members. And then I got introduced to him. And so we had a talk and by, and at that time he was in Bangkok. Yeah. So I, I made a, I made an appointment. I visited him. We liked each other. So, cool. okay. So we made a deal. Wow. And then, and I think, a lot of people have some misconception about like, okay, some Chinese company bought in the tracker and what is going, what is going to happen next. But we, I think the only thing we have changed is by the speed we have been developing, uh, making changes to the, to the products after, after the transition. So we have built a much stronger, uh, team, developer team to innovate on the product. Sure. So there was major change. The team was totally separate from, um, from, from our selling team. So the only thing we do is we also use the tool as well. Got yeah. it. Yeah. So, so then it's true. I think what about bringing together, you, you know, you have, you have your, you have your time in America, your education in the U.S., you're from China, you're a seller, you're, you came back to China. So you really understand the marketing because, it's true, like logistics and these services is, is kind of a commodity, yeah. but marketing and branding is still, even in today's 2017, is still a lot, I think, for most Chinese sellers to yeah. learn. Yeah. What, what, what do you think? Um, so then that was in 2015, right? Yeah, in 2015, the end of 2015. We, we, we made, uh, acquisition for him, the tracker and Travis was still consulting for us. Yeah. Yep, yep. yeah. So then there's been, uh, a lot of growth. I mean, in this, in the Chinese sellers have continued, like you you're saying earlier, they're continuing to, uh, become sellers on the platform on yeah. Amazon. Uh, how have you, even in a, those couple of years has changed quite a bit. Yeah. The landscape has changed a lot. So basically, not just the Chinese sellers, even manufacturers mm-hmm. are coming onto the platform. It's challenging for them because um, it's very difficult for, you have to invest first. So for factories, they have used to the mentality of like, um, certainty, like you, you place an order, you give me a deposit, and then I start manufacturing. Yeah. Right. But with Amazon, you have to, you have to prepare for your inventory. You have to invest first. So, but even that, some manufacturers are becoming more and more successful on the platform. So it be, become more challenging because by the end of the day, what we are actually selling is not marketing; it's a product, yeah. right? You have to you have to get a good product to the customer's hands, and then even they have very the best copywriting, you, the, you have the best marketing strategy. But you still have to have a good product. Yeah, that's yeah. that's true. Whether it's software or hardware, yeah. uh, you know, you can mark if you're, you know, good. There's lots of good internet marketers, but if if the product they're delivering is not 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 good, not no. good then that's you're, you're uh, amplifying something good or bad. Yes, right. Yeah. So I remember we had a discussion about uh, the differences of a product-based business versus a marketing-based business. Right. And I think your your strategy has been on the product side more than on the marketing side. So we 
I think we are more on the product side, to be true. So, uh, but on the other other side, I think the um, the the Western sellers also has some something to contribute or something very strong with the product side is understanding is by defining the product, right? And even the Chinese sellers are close to the factory, or even the factory are selling. Yeah, and then. But you need to define the product, like what is the product you, which is you are going to be selling. So very every specific detail, like how the user interface, how the how the how it looks, mm-hmm. and that's very important as well. So I'm not going to say that Chinese sellers or Chinese <laughs> factories are best with the product. They, there's a, there's, there's a lot that's to true. combine. There's a lot of strength we need to combine. It's true, but it's still there's still a big gap I think with with culture culture right. and and communication. Uh, I know you you have many foreigners that work with you, right? Or I don't know if yeah. foreigners is the right word. Well, or in China, I find, it, I find it easier for me to deal to work with foreigners sometimes oh, okay. than work with Chinese people. Really? Yeah, yeah, uh, because I. I got myself uh, into English literature very long ago. So I think I understand the Western uh, culture and philosophy um, better than some Chinese uh, culture side. Wow, okay. Sometimes. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. sure. It's true. I mean, it's it's definitely, I've been here like now 10 years now and it's still... There's still so much I don't understand about Chinese culture. Yeah. <laughs> it's very complicated, right? I yeah. guess there's so much. There's so, so much. much diversity as well. China is big. Right? Yeah. Like people from some areas, some regions are different from the other regions. Yeah. Yeah. So what, what's, uh, what's been happening lately here? I, I mean, I think you've, your, your office has been expanding. I think you've, you've, you said your first investment was 10 million. Yeah. Where, where are we at now? I mean, the business is doing really well. And so we raised some second and third round, uh, 2016 and 2000, early 2017. And now we, we merged with a public company, uh, here in China. So, so what is happening? The latest, um, thing we are planning is, just as you are thinking, we haven't got the exact idea, but I think um, we we made a new tool with MD Tracker. Yeah. So MD Tracker was a SaaS product. So you have to type into the web browser, log into it, and to track your keywords and do promotions on Vipon and keyword research and all these features. Those are great, Travis and Ong. They made a very great product. But one of the things I was I have been thinking is like, I would log into that, right? All the time, every morning. So we thought, okay, what if, because I work with the team every day. So some people, they, people get lazy. They don't want to log into it. Yeah, so they but everybody logs to Amazon every single day, right? You check your listing, how good they are ranking. So one of the new launches we have done very good is we developer, uh, with Unicorn Smasher, we developed, we made a, a plugin with Chrome. So we made a Google Chrome plugin that you can install. So, and you log into, once you log into the, 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 the plugin, the extension, yep. and then every time you open Amazon with your own listing 
all the all the data will just show on the on the product page. So how good your BSI is performing, and what kind of opportunities with keyword you could find, and you could just save from there. It's like the tool is following you. Mm. So you have to you have to use the tool. The tool is always with you. Nice. It's following your your experience, your daily use. So that saves you the hassle to log into. You don't have to change your habit. So you, you use a habit. You s- just follow that. Okay. So we are we try to make that product as a next version, a next generation of in the track of tool. Okay. So it's like the tool work for you instead of you work for the yeah, tool. Yeah, it's true. It's yeah. true. Yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's so hard to get users now. Or so, we're in China. Everybody's on WeChat only. Like you can't, right. nobody wants to use other apps or other other. Definitely not websites. So. Yeah. Similar on the in the internet, you know, people don't want to log into other yeah. other websites. So yeah. it does make sense. It does make sense. And how about on the on your product on the actual on your seller business? Um, how how are you are you growing this business still? Is still your how are you balancing the software side or service side and your product seller side? So I have a, I have a team that's dedicated to the software team, soft, software side. So um, one of the things I've been thinking, because uh, after, especially after we merged with the public company, we got almost um, like unlimited amount of <laughs> access to, to capital. Yep. So we found that we, we have unlimited resources with the team. And then we said, okay, if we keep expanding, then it becomes challenging because the return of investment um, on on the capital become is decreasing. Mm. Will be decreasing. So we are thinking. We haven't got exact idea. We have been thinking. Maybe we could provide, like, help those sellers that are inadequate with capital, to help them somehow to grow the business instead of because. By the end of the day, nobody could dominate Amazon. Yes. This, this is not possible because Amazon does not want nobody to dominate this period, right? It's true. So it doesn't matter who, who you are. So even Amazon itself can't dominate Amazon. Yeah, they, yeah. they have their own brands the, too. The share, the market share is decreasing actually. Really? I'm talking to some friends in Amazon. Whoa. They have been, basically they haven't been growing much Whoa. Uh, since last year. So the, the the share of the pie is becoming less. Like they they used to be more than fifty percent of Amazon selling themselves, but now it's less than five fifty percent. Okay. So so in that case, I'm looking for opportunities to collaborate. Western sellers, Chinese sellers. But I want to work with people with the same um, with very similar concept or. Philosophy, yeah, awesome. That sounds so. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm sure people are curious about that. How how could uh, how could sellers work uh, work with with you guys? You have, I think you have you have big space here. Is it is it physical? Is it online? Is it like investment? Is it? Uh, is I think it, it's uh, it's it's possible with uh, so one of the challenges I think. If if we are going to work with uh, Western sellers, I've discussed with some of them as well. So it's one of the challenges if you are not here, right? Yeah. If you are not here, 
if you are in the U.S. or if you are in Thailand, if you are in Bangkok, and then there's the, the cost of communication is going to be much over, much more than the cost of saving, whether it's people or money mm. or travel expenses. Because if you are investing $100,000 of inventory, if you are here, you have two more meetings with the supplier, it might save you 5%. It's true. Right. And then, but if you are not here, you are Skyping with them. And they think, they think you are, they naturally think you are not serious. Yeah. Right. You don't even want to invest the trip, right? Yeah. How, how they think, because they are investing their opportunity as well. Even they are selling products to you. If they want to offer you the best price, they want to make sure they are investing this opportunity to the best people. It's true. Right? Because, so they want to make sure you are serious as well. So I think, um, we haven't got, we haven't made a product or se- product or service, stand product or service, but we are, we think the possible ways of collaboration could be whether we first, maybe we could have an investment, mm-hmm. right? Or we could have a, a joint, like investment or joint venture. Well, we could have, um, like, we could help with product, right? We are, we are, because every product, we have a, we have a, we have a system how to make, how to select and make sure the product quality is good in place. I've been sharing this experience with some Western sellers before, and I found most of Western sellers don't have this in place. Mm-hmm. That's one of the biggest challenges, like, how they fail is, for example, you have a very good Bluetooth speaker, for example. And then your first shipment is good. Yes. Your second shipment I, is good. I know. And then the third shipment, you'll get a bug quality problem. Yes. And then your listing, it's you destroyed. get a, a bunch of returns. Mm-hmm. And you get a bunch of bad reviews. And then, boom, your listing goes low, goes nowhere. I know. And then all your investment of PPC, Everything, marketing, Facebook marketing, money, just wasted, right? So what we developers is a, a system to make sure we always get the best quality of product and the best price as well. So we have, um, we have div- divided the team functions into several, several departments. So we have, we have a cost, development, cost department, which is basically disassemble all the parts and and so they will disassemble the parts to, to merge, to find quote, quotation from the suppliers for the parts. For, for example, the circuit board and then the chips and then the plastics, the molding, everything to calculate. Okay. This is the cost of the product and plus a 10, 15% of profit. This should be the price. And then our purchase department will use this. To negotiate mm-hmm. with a supplier, so in that in that case, we are most likely to get the best price, and then we're also trying to collaborate with the suppliers to say we're going to give you a forecast. So we are going to use you as the major supplier if we move into this category. So this the supplier will be more serious with us. So even though they offer us a lower price, but in the long term they are still going to make more money because. It's more sustainable business, right? We're going to work with them for five years. It's true. Yeah. Right. So um, we also have another department 
which is for ret- for like repetitive orders. So we have another team which is to negotiate with repetitive orders. So we have so all the the team are separated and they collaborate, but they are they are independent. So that makes sure nobody could control the pricing for the cost. Yeah, and then. We also have a department which works on quality. So we have QC and QE. So the QC team is to, is only responsible for like when the inventory is ready to check. But if you have a shipment and then the supplier sends you a shipment with 10,000 pieces and you check and then 3% does not work. And most of the sellers do is, okay, return it. Right, and then they will t- pick this three percent out and give you the ninety-seven percent, but this is not going to work mm. because good quality is not is not insured by ch- checking, but insured by good management. Mm. So we have another team with which is called quality engineering. QE, yeah. So what they do is they, when they introduce the supplier, they have to check the supplier. So do you, do they have the management of quality insurance system? Do they check? Do they have QC for the parts? Right? Do they have every quality check process, testing process, and team, and procedure, and documentation in place? If they don't have it, they are never going to give you any quality product. Mm-hmm. All the promise is not going to work. Yeah. Right? You, they have to prove it. So in that case, we make sure we always introduce quality suppliers because if you don't have quality suppliers, you're not going to have quality product. It doesn't matter what you do. Agreed. Yeah, yeah it's really nerve wracking. I've 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 uh, had my previous e-commerce business, and it was always and I did sourcing as a service when I first was in China. It's uh, it's very important and it's very yeah it's very challenging. Yeah. So so yeah, that's very important, and even that is not enough. And then because I, good quality is also by design. So if your design is, is crappy, you have QE, you have QC, it's still not going to work. So then we introduced the system by, because I have a, I have a um, high school classmates. So he worked for SGS. Mm-hmm. So I, I asked him to join us. Oh, so nice. he's now working with us as a quality manager. Great. So he introduced, he built up the system for us to also have like what, which is called MD, uh, like mechanical kind of design, All right. quality design. So make sure when you have the design makes it easy to assemble. So makes it difficult to have quality problems. So if the product design is very difficult to assemble, then because most of the time, people use hands to assemble the product, and then you, you're going to have a quality problem as well. Okay. So in, in Amazon, I, we had a joke in, inside of the company. We are, we are a company selling stars. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, in Amazon, if you have good rating, good it's stars, true. you're going to have a successful business. But yep. if you don't have good rating, then... Yeah, Nothing happens. It's all about the ratings, all about yeah. reviews. Yeah. <laughs> this has been really great, Jerry. I appreciate your time. And maybe a little bit more on the on the personal side. Mm-hmm. I know you work really hard, but when you're not when you're not in the office working, what what's some of your hobbies or or what do you do for, for fun? Um 
I used to have a lot of hobbies, but now it's kind of more challenging. I like, I like hiking okay, okay. and spending time with family and uh, my kids. I have two kids. Um, and yeah, if I'm not going to do, I, I always been joking, if I'm not going to do business, I want to start a school. Yeah. Yeah, I want to I build the best private school in Shenzhen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's true. Education is so important. Yeah. Like uh, X Men or something like the the super super the top yeah like really quality yeah, education because basically if you have the right mentality you don't have to be the smartest people you don't have to be the smartest but you have to be the most honorable trustworthy uh, person so other people so if you need help people will help you and if you need to if you need credit you can. You have credit, and that's personality and trust. Is, yeah, it's almost the most important thing in the world. Yeah, and we've talked about your company name. I, I like, I liked your your your. You drew it for me. I remember on the board. So like, yeah. value link is is similar to what you mean with the education or the yeah connecting to the yeah. right people. Maybe you want to share the story. Yeah. So um, I have my own philosophy, which I. I call it relationism. So, uh, in my philosophy of relationism, I, I I borrowed the concept from a German philosopher. So, in that philosophy, like what what it what is to be is to be in relations. Mm. So, if you are not in relations, you don't exist. <laughs> so, for example, Jack Ma in China, he's so. Famous, right? He's so powerful, right? He's almost like as powerful as an emperor of a small nation, right? Right. But what if we move him into a small island, isolated? So he loses his power, Hmm. right? So that's most important is to be have good connections. So, but in order to build good relations or to have that kind of Influence. What is most important is your value system. So when I name my company Value Link, so it means by having good value system, you can build good links, and then you backwards build value. Yeah, I see. So so it's not like okay, just by linking the value. It's actually another level of like having a good. What what is your value system? What you measure? As a higher priority than other things, so um, what I have been thinking is the world, right? Like when you look back in the human history, like we used to have small groups of tribes, and then we move into states, and we move into nations, and now we have a noble village. So the whole hum- human history is by is is actually about how people get more and more connected. More and more people get connected, right? And so what I have been imagined in my mind is like how I could be, because fundamentally, like every person is looking for some sort of eternity. Like you, you love your children because they carry yeah, legacy. some of yourself, yeah. some of your legacy, right? Yeah. So in that way, you subconsciously are looking for some sort of Eternity. So if for myself, what kind of eternity I'm looking for is 
I want to kind of maybe maybe become a, a sparkling light in the human history wow. by sharing, contributing things. Could be could be the business, could be education, could be something further. Nice. So that was eventually, but right now I'm still trying to fulfill my duty as the CEO of ValueLink, but maybe many years from now, a few years from now, when I have more time and Great. resources, I might, uh, that's why I, I was thinking, okay, maybe if I'm not doing business, I want to, I want to build up a school, the best school in, in Shenzhen. For Great. Us. Yeah, yeah. Let me know. I'm interested too. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is great, Jerry. Thanks. Uh, how can people best find you or your business uh, online? Uh, I could be reached out on LinkedIn if you search me okay. and send me a connection inv- invitation. Okay. That's probably the easiest. Sure, we, yeah. can, we can link it. Yeah, Facebook is blocked here. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. LinkedIn yeah. works still. Yeah. All right. And I'll uh, see you at the summit at the Cross Border Matchmaker. Yeah, uh, I would love to. And uh, that's a great event. I'm very honored. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. we're glad to have you there. Okay. All right. Thanks, Jerry. Can you guys hear the dancing music outside? I don't know. I like that about China. I've seen, you know, people, usually older women, but it could be any age, dancing in the parks uh, everywhere in China in the evening. I think any city, you'll see this. It's pretty awesome, I think. And uh, there's many great things, good and bad, about all kinds of places in the world. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed that interview with Jerry. I did it live with a video cameras in, in our faces too. So it, I don't know. I feel like that changes the way I do an interview. If it's audio only, like we don't got to worry about cameras on our face, but it was cool. We did it in his company in a studio and we're going to make a video about it. We're going to show the company floor there. We're going to show, uh, his studio with, uh, all his, his backgrounds and everything like that. So thanks, Jerry, for doing that. And, uh, I'm definitely excited to get him at the cross-border matchmaker Friday, October 27th in Huachan Bay. He's excited to meet some of you guys. He already knows a lot of the other attendees and speakers. So it's going to be an amazing power networking day. So definitely be ready to network, be ready to make some deals. We're making deals, you know, like Jerry says, maybe we're working on talking about the incubator accelerator kind of program or the school, you know, he, he's down to make some deals. So I, uh, I hope to make some deals with you guys. We're really going to be working hard. We're going to have staff on hand to help match people up. We got the simultaneous translation to help with the language barriers. And we got my kid in the background screaming at a high pitch. Miles sounds like a girl. Anyway, life is going fast globalformasia.com slash episode 197 for the links and other things happening and we'll get the video of this up soon video is a lot more expensive and a lot more work to do so we're still kind of compiling all of that and uh, it's gonna be an amazing series we got over like 15 interviews with chinese sellers and chinese suppliers about cross-border e-commerce so tons of amazing stuff coming up thanks for listening everybody Keep uh keep on listening, keep on sharing this with friends and uh appreciate you guys, okay? Take care. Bye-bye. To get more info about running an international business, please visit our website at www.globalfromasia.com. That's www.globalfromasia.com. Also, be sure to subscribe to our iTunes feed. Thanks for tuning in.